your is generally right in our gatherings, right? <laughs> in one way or another, whether it's home church, whether it's a few of us or the hall is full, you walk away like, yo, something happened. Sometimes I have words, sometimes I don't have words. But your is basically a great word. Thanks for that, Hamish. Well done. So, friends, this morning we turn five. Happy birthday to us. Yahoo! Ella has baked a cake. We're going to sing for us just now. But um, as a leadership on Tuesday night, we took a few moments uh, just to reflect and give thanks for what the Lord has done in the last five years. And I, I just wanted us to do that this morning. Uh, let me look at the time. I want to honor what he has built and established here in our collective church community over the last five years. Every local church has a different flavor. Um, they're on a different and unique journey with the Lord. But I want to not bypass this morning without stopping and celebrating what the Lord has done here with us. We are significant. We may be small, but we are significant display of his heart here in the city. And we are here for a purpose. We are a lampstand together with all the other brothers and sisters, the believers here in Johannesburg, his church, his body. And what he has done here with us is that we have learned to build and dwell around the presence of God. The presence of God, like Rob said, is the well and we have learned and are still learning to build and to dwell, to live around and connected to his presence. Corinthians says, 1 Corinthians 6, 6 verse 19 says, I, my body, personally, as an individual, is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He is in me. And then 1 Corinthians 3 says, together we are his dwelling place. So being his dwelling place is singular and it's plural. We're his dwelling place as individuals, but together we make this unique resting place, this dwelling place for his presence. And we are learning to live that not just as a great theological concept, like most believers will say, yeah, sure, of course. But we're learning to live that as a living doctrine, a practiced doctrine that is something altogether different. And I want to read this morning from Ezekiel 47. And Ezekiel 47 is an Old Testament prophetic picture of a New Testament reality. So if you go to Ephesians 47, bringing your actual Bible is like an old thing. So if you want to look on your phone, otherwise you can just listen with me. Ezekiel 47 is about the river of God that flows from his temple within the city of God. So like the temple is the heart of the city of God and through that flows the river. The New Testament tells us, hold on, we are the city and the temple of God and the river is the Holy Spirit. Jesus teaches the woman at the well, when I give you living water, it will become a spring and a well of life within you. And so this river you carry within yourself. And so we have this prophetic picture here in Ezekiel 47, this beautiful description 
of being the temple, the dwelling place of God with this river flowing in and through our lives. So I'm going to read it. Um, just verse 7 to 12, because if you want to close your eyes, if you don't have the text in front of you, visualize this life-giving river of God. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah where it enters the Dead Sea. Okay, the Dead Sea is the sea full of salt, nothing living in it. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Engedi to Engelam, and there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the great sea, but the swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. I would encourage you, to go and give that another read at home. You can open your eyes. It's a very, very powerful prophetic picture of the river of the living God flowing in and through us. Friends, you can't keep a river in a church building. You can't keep a river in a meeting. It's a river. It is made to flow out from you through our lives, into our homes, our families, around our tables, into our businesses, into every sphere where we have influence, our schools, our friendships, our wider family, you are created to host and release that river. Uh, a friend of ours had a dream about us as a family, and I believe it actually was a dream for the ministry of the collective. In our home, in the center of the home was a pump, which was pumping water. So it's like from the very inner being of who we are, the water, this living water pumps. And the water filled the house. Then it flooded out our house and filled our pool. And then as our pool got filled, it went over the wall to the next door pool. And so it went down into the next pool and next, until it flowed into this wide open space that became a lake in the city. And people brought their boats and they were swimming and they were like doing leisure activities at the lake. That is a good picture of the river of God flowing in and through us. It's too big just for me or us or our neighbors or our schools. It's for the city. It's so exciting. Yes, Jesus, let us see your river flow in and through us into the widest reaches of our sphere of influence and into our city. So Ezekiel's river creates the supernatural atmosphere. What does it do? The river brings healing. The river brings new life, revival life. How many people, friends, in your sphere of influences, colleagues, people you know, feel and look a bit like a zombie at the moment? The river brings fresh life. The river brings healing. The river brings provision. The river brings resurrection. The river brings salvations. The fish are salvations. 
the river brings fruitfulness. We need to stand and actually like be like, God, that's what we expect as your Holy Spirit, as we partner with the presence of God. This is not just for us that we can have goosebumps and go, yo, at the end of a meeting. This is for our sphere of infants. It's for our families, our communities, our cities, the people around us, this river. And Ezekiel 47 goes on to 48 that describes the city of God. And this is the very last verse of Ezekiel describing the city with the temple and the river. It says, And the name of the city from that time on will be, The Lord is there. The Lord is there. I believe that can be said about our community. The Lord is there. The Lord is with them. And when you go into a meeting, you might not feel this and this and this or see this and this, but what you do see is the Lord is there. And I pray that as an individual, when people encounter my life, they say, well, the Lord is there. And for us as a community, may we always be the communities that's known as, well, the Lord is there. The presence of the Lord is there. I believe that's the well that he's created here at the Collective Church. And your, that is a prized inheritance. You know, one of the greatest things, one of the, the ways that you can be most wise is to fall in love with what's right in front of you. There's such a temptation as humans to always think, if I could just get there, it would be better. If just this could happen, it would be better. You know, if, if church could look like this, it would be better. If I got an upgraded spouse, upgraded kids, upgraded friends, whatever, how about you fall in love with what's right in front of you and you expect the life of God to be there? And what is that going to become? Friends, may everything that we do here at the Collective Church, the vision for our leadership and the ministries, the kids' ministry, the freedom encounter ministry, the hosting ministry, the worship ministry, may the vision be God is here. We are not doing this activity to babysit your kids or to sing a few songs. We're doing it so that we can minister to the presence of God who is in us and with us. And as we minister to Him, the overflow of His presence creates what that river describes. Do you know that we are primarily here for Him? Do you know how we rate a service? Jesus, were you happy with that service? Not who liked it, who came, who didn't come. Jesus, were you blessed by our worship? Were you blessed by the word we brought? Were you blessed by the way we loved? And sometimes you're like, huh, maybe this or this. Jesus, I need to surrender to you. We come for him. And as we come for him, the overflow of his presence brings all of that that we've described healing and it's, it's uh, transformation and intimacy between us. Friendship, connection, it's his presence, but we come for him. We are devoted to him. And the fruit of this river, what we've learned as a, as a leadership, the fruit is immeasurable, okay? Success is measurable. And sometimes as a leader, it's tempting to be like, oh, it would be nice, you know, what could you measure? growth, uh, numbers, um, what we've done this year. No, fruit is the transformation of lives that come alive through salvation and then walk with the Holy Spirit. Our fruit is sitting in California with Sean and Janine, 
That is the fruit of the collective. Lives impacted. How can we ever measure that? How will you ever know what fruit is in my children and from their lives into their friends and from their friends into their friends? You'll never see that. That is the fruit of the collective church. And it's been so beautiful to, to tweak our view. Like if the spirit is here, there'll be fruit, guaranteed. So we trust to put the presence of God first. And wow, we see transformed lives. That's your shared inheritance. As we place the life of Jesus as the source and center, we are here to do activities that increase his activity in us, not for any other reason. And that activity will reveal him in the word alive in his presence. It will reveal him with us as we preach the gospel of salvation. As we focus in worship and devotion, it reveals him. It is the constant leaning into the activity of the spirit with us. Even worship, Bill Johnson says, can be busyness if there is no encounter. You can go through a set of songs pretty professionally, or you can sing a cappella off tune. Is the encounter with the presence of God there? If it is, it is transformational. That's what it's about. So I want to honor our leaders. I want to honor elders, home church leaders, our worship leaders the ones that are running the Freedom Encounters, the hosting, every role that everyone plays. And I also want to honor you as a community. Because let me start with the leaders, okay? I have watched, and I think as I meditated on this, it is the greatest treasure to me of the five years. I have watched leaders be stripped of their confidence in their gifting, their ability, their strategy, their agenda, and put their full dependence on Jesus, and I've seen them transformed. These guys, you guys, and honestly, it's amazing. It's unique. It's so unique. It is so precious. And for us as a community, I've watched you all yield to the presence of the Holy Spirit, yield to, okay, I'm on this journey with you, Jesus, and I'm learning trust. I'm learning surrender. I'm learning dependence on you. And it is beautiful, Collective Church. I'm so proud of us. I'm proud of your humility, <laughs> which sounds contradictory, but my heart is so full. It's not an easy thing. We are taught self-reliance. We are taught be self-made. We are taught self-ability, independence. And the Spirit's like, that's not the way of the kingdom dependence, trust like a little child. And we are all yielding to that. And it is incredibly powerful. And I honor each one of you for that, that you have said yes, yes, and amen to that journey. When Rob and I started the community in our home, um, we thought we'd be there for a few weeks. So we just finished building our house. Bongani had a dream that we started a church community on the 6th of May. A lot of you know the story. So we were like, cool, we'll start on the 6th of May. We thought we'd be in our home a couple of weeks. 18 months we were there. And you come into leading a church. You know, we've, we've been on eldership. We have been in leadership for decades, run businesses. You know, you come in like pretty, you know, we, I'm sure we know what we're doing. Well, it appeared we had a lot of learning to do because the Lord didn't want to use our natural giftings. He wanted to actually use the areas that we were weak. Um, he, for me, for example, having the, the church in my home, like, you know, the order and the like neatness. 
And I would be like, Lord, I'm sure it's this week that you're going to provide a venue. And he would hold us. Like he cornered Rob and I in the corner. And he was like, how about we just stay? No, Lord, how about we just stay, you know? It was this painful stripping of our best effort and our best plan to like, oh, hold on, the Lord is leading here. And you know what? This is the only way to do it because we don't want to do it any other way. We don't want a successful brand. We want people transformed by the presence of God. And so it sounds like a really exciting adventure, but it's quite painful. And we felt cornered by the Lord. And you know, it was like, (laughs) we'd say to each other, there must be someone, there definitely is actually someone more qualified to do this than us to definitely. The Lord was just like, stay, you know. And it was like he wanted to do something in us there in the corner before he could do something through us. And that is how life works. It's an internal reformation by the Spirit for each one of us. This is our story in the context of the collective. What he is doing in you, if he's got you in a corner, if he's holding you and he's like, don't leave, and and, and it's sore because he's working, the internal transformation allows him to work through us, first inside and then outside. And so we've learned this total dependence on God, which means he's your only option, which sounds really cool, but um, actually having other options is generally, you know, where we go to first. This is what I want to say about that, though. Oh, the fruit, the fruit of abiding, the fruit of dependence, So this has been for us a journey of trust these last five years. And I know that this narrative, we wrote a song called The Journey of Trust. I'm telling you our story in relation to the collective. Each one of you has been on your own journey of trust with the Lord. So it's just a different, uh, same theme, different story. I've never seen fruit in my life like I have, as the stripping of self has happened and my dependence on the Lord has grown. Let me tell you what fruit is, okay? You can sit with someone and you can get the CV of what they're doing. You can get what they look like. You can get the success, you know, you can get all that. Fruit is when you sit with someone, you eat of their lives, you taste, and what you're getting is grace, goodness, joy, peace. It's like you cannot conjure that up. There's nothing that you can do to create that. When I sit with someone that's dependent on the Holy Spirit, I'm eating, I'm tasting, and what I'm eating is the nature of God. That is fruit. And that translates into the river of God. It's transformation, it's restored relationship, it's provision, it's healing. It's, and I, I'm eating of our life and I'm like, oh my word, there's fruit there. And they, that's how we assess fruit. I'm eating of your lives. I'm like, oh my word, this is, a, this is good. This is God's goodness. This is His peace. This is His joy. This is His provision. It's a very, very powerful thing, fruit. So I'm going to read, I love just the translation from John 15. Um, In the Passion Translation, uh, let me see, verse 5. 
I am a sprouting vine, this is Jesus, and you, Collective Church, are my branches. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. How do you get fruit? You live in union with him as your source. That's it. It comes from abiding. And we're learning to abide. We're learning. If a person is separated from me, he, bears no, uh, he is powerless and bears no fruit. But if you live in life union with me and my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father. That's what we're hungry for, mature disciples, mature sons and daughters that demonstrate the fruit that can only come from being childlike independence. That's how the kingdom of God works. And that's what we're learning to do. This verse should come with a disclaimer. Ask whatever you desire and it will be done. I'm like, you can't say that, Lord. Let me tell you this, that I'm trying to wrap my heart and mind around. When we treat God like a slot machine, God, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is where I'm disappointed. This is where you need to come through. Ching. You get nothing and then you go back to like, I'm angry. I'm when you abide, the Holy Spirit works on those sore places of disappointment. Okay, it's real. Disappointment, frustration, hurt, forgive, whatever it is, unforgive, whatever it is that's painful, okay? The Spirit works there, but He wants us to lean into union, to His presence with us, to Him, Jesus. And then He becomes our source. And what happens is that our desires, our hearts begin to intertwine with His. Bill Johnson unpacks desire uh, interestingly, he breaks it into two parts. He says, if you had a prefix and a, and a root word, which would be de, sire. De means of, sire means father. Your desire comes from a father. I was like, oh, that's so good. So if, you're, if you are communing with ambition, insecurity, failure, shame, hurt, disappointment, your desires actually from that are birthed. When you're communing with the Holy Spirit, not, not being unreal about like, yo, this is, I don't know what even to do with this. Here it is, Jesus. When you're communing with the Spirit, He births desires. Until eventually your desires and the Father's desires look like one, then I think we might see some of that. So we go back to abiding and learning and just union and union, and union, His presence with us. So the question, friends, becomes, what or with whom are you in communion? One of my greatest passions is to encourage and teach us to learn to abide in intimate fellowship with Jesus. This is our inheritance to form and mold everything within us, every part, the soul, the mind, the heart, and then every, the family, the marriage, the children, the work, everything, so that we can become dreamers with God. Dreaming with God is such like, oh, have a dream with God. Go through this. Go through abiding so that you're birthing dreams that are on His heart. Then you're going to have the momentum of heaven, 
on those things. And that's what I pray we become in the next five years, greater dreamers as we share his heart. You see, learning and growing in the kingdom of God and the world is completely different. It's like we're playing two different games. The kingdom of God is playing rugby (laughs) and the world is playing football or wherever your preference may lie. It's different rules. It's a completely different game. It's almost like the world is a factory and the kingdom of God is a garden. And then you start using the factory rules and I promise you those seedlings are... When you look in the garden and you walk with the Spirit, there's, oh, there's fruitfulness and He needs to tend this and He needs to bring life. It's a relational experience. So the kingdom operates on relationship. We're out of our union with Him. He brings our work, our relationships, our service, our ministry. It comes out of that. Whereas the world is a functional paradigm and the primary purpose is towards output, job completion, task oriented. So generally like you function together to get something done. And if you've got time for relationship, lucky you. And that's upside down. We start with this relationship. From there, it's here and then it's here. And actually out of that flows all fruitfulness into every area. Does he want us to have beautiful lives where where our work and our ministry is an expression of our life with him? 100%. In fact, the ministry of your life, the work you've been, you've been created to do it. Work was an integral part of our mandate in Genesis for man and woman in our creation. But it comes from relationship. And so we, we, it's like we, we're learning a whole new game. We were taught rules for one thing, and the Lord is teaching us here something different. And so we want to just return to that full surrender, dependence, Him as the source and center over and over again, learning to not let anything trump His presence. He's with us. There's no problem with how full He is in us. It's how happy we are to not have that fullness manifest through us. We're the ones putting up walls. And so actually like focusing our attention, our devotion and learning to live from that place is the journey we're on together, yielding. We've got to allow him to break down. Rob was speaking that, that it's my personal word for the year, climb over a wall. It's from Genesis 48. It was a word given to us at our, our wedding. It's a blessing over Joseph. But it says, Joseph is a fruitful vine, His roots are down in a stream, a fruitful vine that climbs over a wall. And the Lord said to me, you're going to face walls this year, and I want want to break through them. We get comfortable with our walls. We get comfortable with like this far, I'm not letting you go in here, Jesus. Or like, it, it can be anything. It can be your opinions. It can be your positions on things. It can be um, brokenness, hurt, whatever. And you you actually need to be like, God, can you take the obstruction so that that river can flow through me without obstruction? Um, It's so interesting how in in the story of the Bible, God never needed a lot of people. He just needed fully surrendered people. Twelve was good. A couple of hundred changed the world like no other event in history. He doesn't need more then our small group to do something as long as we're fully surrendered to him. And the key, friends, is that humility um, that Jesus talks about as he unpacks the constitution of the, heaven, the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 5 in the Sermon of the Mount. He says, 
Blessed are those that are poor in spirit. And poor in spirit means you know that you are spiritually poor and you know your full dependence needs to be on God. That for me is what humility is. When, when we get to the place where we're like, all I can boast in is Jesus and from there everything else flows. My full trust, my full dependence is on Him and my union with Him and what He's done in the cross. And from there, every other aspect of my life flows. And I believe, I look at the world, I look at the global church, and I'm concerned, to be honest, you know, of where we are at at this point in history. But the local church, us, is actually the hope for this planet. That the spirit of the living God would be poured out, that river in and through us, bringing all of that, the healing, the salvation, the provision, the transformation, the resurrection to the nations. How can we position ourselves for that but to come back where that river is the main thing? And we learn to release that. And we learn to be fully dependent um, as local churches because that is the influence. His influence is what is going to change uh, the world around us and bring his goodness. So family, as we look at the next season ahead, let's grow in love with the Holy Spirit. We've done so beautifully. I want to say yay to us. Yay. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done and more, Lord. Let us grow in our internal union and connection with him. Friendship, fellowship, power, internal transformation and fruit. But also let us love, fall in love again with what is right in front of us here. The Holy Spirit said that a few weeks to me ago. Fall in love with what is right in front of you. Can we fall in love with the powerful expression of God's dwelling being here with a group of people? The dwelling place of God together, us together, resting on us, in us and through us. Let's honor that. Let's yield into what he wants to do in and through us, not just as individuals, but as a local family, a local community. Let's have an, a renewed honor and love for what he's doing here with us. Pete, do you and Maris want to come up? Maybe we can sing that last part. I'm, I'm basically done. And then we're going to sing happy birthday. But let's, let's sing, and your favor is upon me, your presence is with me, before me, behind me, all of that. Because I think that's a really good... Um, that's a good place to land. And let's shout that out together. But I just want to read quickly Psalm 27, verse 4. David is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And he is because... Oh, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> uh, he is because of his absolute focus on one thing. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, and this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. Now, back in David's day in the Old Testament, that meant going to a physical place where the presence of God was resting in a physical building. And he was like, I just want to be where the presence is. I just want to see him face to face. And through Jesus' death on the cross, 
we get to be that temple, His dwelling place, His presence with us. And yet, can this be the same one focused pursuit of our life? One thing that I ask God is that I will live from your presence in me and with me. I am so grateful. Teach me again, Holy Spirit, to abide, to live with you as my source and my center. I want to see your face over and over and over. In every moment, teach me to turn my affection and my attention towards you with me, in me, working through me, and in us as the collective church, with us, in us, working through us as a collective community, family based here in the parks. God, let this be the pursuit that we would live from your presence, always, always, day in, day out, every moment. Thank you. We thank you, Jesus, for that divine gift through your blood that we can receive the gift of your spirit in union with us. We thank you. We thank you. Guys, let's stand and let's sing again together. His favor is in us. It cannot be taken because He is in us. The treasure of Jesus in this ordinary life, in our ordinary community, who would follow us? Who would expect anything from the collective church? But that God is here.